Welcome to the Choosing Simple podcast. I'm your host, Amy Fuel. Modern day life can be hard to navigate, but even a simple homesteading life can be, well, not so simple. In the Choosing Simple podcast, I talk about embracing raw emotions and real life in moments of motherhood, womanhood, this homesteading lifestyle, and this Christian lifestyle. Simplicity doesn't just happen. It's a choice we have to make every single day. So whether you're a tired mama washing dishes at 11 p.m. or a gardener battling bugs, this podcast is for you. Let's talk about real life. Let's talking about choosing simple in today's podcast episode. All right, so I'm I'm going to go ahead and get started. Oh, on YouTube, there's a piece of trash right here that you can see. I don't even know where it came from, but all right, guys, I'm going to get started on today's podcast episode. I haven't done a podcast in a while. That's mostly because it is spring and summertime and things are crazy. But as you may have guessed, this season's podcast is going to take a little bit of a shift and we've been shifting into this direction for a couple of years now, but this time I'm going all in. And so you guys know I've never hidden my faith at all, ever, never, ever, but I do want to dive into more faith-specific topics this season, and many of them do have to do with homesteading or herbalism. And so this week, I want to talk to you a bit about... Um, herbalism and witchcraft and herbs in the Bible and various different things like that. And the reason now I have done a podcast episode on, um, is herbalism witchcraft, which you guys can kind of go back and listen to that. I honestly do not remember at all what was in, in that podcast episode because it's been so long since I've done that episode and it is one of the most popular episodes that we have. But um, specifically today, I, I want to talk to you a bit about something I heard someone say recently, and it hit me really in a bad way. Um, and this is, uh, I don't even know what he is. I guess he's just a teacher um, of the word, and I love him. Like, he's amazing. Um, but in, I, I don't know too much about him, and so I'm not going to say his name. Um, but in this video I was watching, um, he stated that he was kind of attacking new age stuff, which I'm totally against. So I'm going to throw that out there. Um, but he tried to lump new age techniques and herbalism together. And then he followed it. This is how I knew he was trying to do this. He followed it by saying that he, he basically, he accepts pharmaceuticals as miracles, but herbs are sorcery. <laughs> and so, um, guys, when you hear this stuff, um, there, there is, there is a right and wrong way with herbalism. Okay. So we're going to go over that today. But when you hear a broad statement like that, especially when you know the scientific basis of herbalism, then, um, it's really just know that it's from lack of knowledge and lack of education. Okay. And, and it often stems from a place of fear. A lot of people don't understand herbalism. They don't understand that herbs are um, created by God for a purpose. And I'm going to show you that in the Bible. Um, and then they, they try to link herbalism to sorcery type things like smudge sticks, um, which are not biblical at all. Um, and we're not even going to try to make them biblical. They're just not. Um, they are used, a smudge stick is used specifically for witchcraft and for rituals, um, which are not how God created herbs to be used. 
Um, so we are going to talk about that today a little bit. And that just so you know, that's what prompted this thought was, um, I don't, I never want to put pe- I mean, especially the thought that pharmaceuticals are a miracle, but herbs are not, um, when pharmaceuticals are man-made and herbs are growing right in your yard. So we're just going to debunk that today and kind of just go over this, this thought process again. Okay. Um, so let me, let me dive into this. I've got some verses for you. I want to share. And then we're just going to dive into this episode. The Bible does talk about herbs quite a few times. It does um, various times talk about herbs in the sense of like um, anointing oils and the temple incense, right? So um, God had the Israelites put together, the Levites specifically put together incense of herbs that were burned on the altar to God. And it actually, the Bible actually says that um, God said, don't recreate this. Do not recreate it to, to, for yourself or to give away or for instance, for yourself. This is just for me. And so I thought that was really interesting for the uh, anointing oil for the temple and for the incense for the temple. This was God's. This was his concoction and he didn't want anyone else having it and sharing it and, and using it. So I thought that was really interesting. So you guys can go back through the Old Testament and read that. But these herbs were very prominent. Herbs like cumin and hyssop and, um, you, I mean, goodness, you know, the three wise men brought frankincense and myrrh and there are a lot of times bitter herbs are talked about in the Bible. And I'm going to show you that in just a second. So herbs were used and they, listen, the Bible isn't an herbalist book, right? It, it's the Bible. It's the word of God. It talks about our Christian faith, but herbs are in there. Um, and it doesn't go in depth on what they were because more than likely, historically Israelites knew how to use herbs because the Bible talks about it as if they knew how to use them. Okay. So I want to look in the old Testament really quick about bitter herbs, which is what I just mentioned. So specifically in Exodus, when they're talking about the feast, um, Exodus 12, eight says, then they shall eat the flesh on that night, roasted in fire with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs, they shall eat it. And so they say that in Exodus and then again in Numbers 9, 11, on the 14th day of the second month at twilight, they may keep it. They shall eat it with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. And there are various other places where we're talking about bitter herbs in the Old Testament. And the reason I, I truly believe and know the reason that the Lord told them to eat bitter herbs is because on some of these feasts, they were told that they were supposed to eat everything in one night. And so that could, that could give you a tummy ache. Um, but also bitter herbs aid in digestion. In fact, most people's issues stem from digestive tract issues. We don't eat bitter herbs anymore. Most of us, unless you're an herbalist or a homesteader living this way of life, most people are not eating something bitter with their food specifically bitter herbs. Um, this is why it was super popular in Mediterranean food and um, even Middle Eastern food to have citrus and herbs like, um, you know, lemon balm and um, their olives and, you know, things like that. They, they were more acidic and so they were more bitter and therefore they helped aid in digestion. So bitter herbs, they stimulate your digestive juices. They get your digestive tract ready to basically consume what you're putting in and break it down. And then it helps distribute 
all of that into your body. And so when we are not, we, we kind of try to do this with modern day enzymes, okay? So if you go to a natural doctor, your natural doctor, and some even um, modern doctors will say, well, you need to take an enzyme before you eat because it'll help digest your food better and you know your allergies and different things will go away because really what you have is a digestion problem. Well, the fact is if we ate bitter herbs with our food almost every meal, we wouldn't have those issues because that's what those bitter herbs were created to do. Now, for those of you in my herb courses and membership and classes, you know that every herb has an action. And so I love how the Bible specifically concentrates on these bitter herbs, especially with bread. Um, we have a, a pandemic of gluten allergies and wheat allergies and that is just not of God. I'm just going to lay that out right now. Um, and it's not God's will for your life to have those things. And so um, we see that we are generations. We are generations re removed from um, having bitter herbs in our diet. And so that is just, I want to point that out. That's one of the biggest things is the Bible specifically talks about bitter herbs and why they're really important. So then we are going to go into Proverbs 27, 27 verse 23 through 27 says, be diligent to know the state of your flocks and attend to your herds for riches are not forever, nor does a crown endure to all generations. When the hay is removed and the tender grass shows itself and the herbs of the mountains are gathered in, the lambs will provide your clothing and the goats the price of a field. You shall have enough goat's milk for your food, for the food of your household, and the nourishment of your maidservants. But I love how it hid herbs in there. It says, and the herbs of the mountains are gathered in. When you hear the word gathered in, that never means just a little bit, okay? That never means a little bit. This was gathered. So we're thinking basketfuls of herbs gathered in. Uh, I'm, I'm seeing like when I read this, I see the springtime and the herbs in the springtime and the fields and just the lushness of it all, which is what we're getting ready to go into at the recording of this video here in Virginia. And so these things were gathered in. Herbs were treasured in the Bible, mostly for food. And the reality is that they had little health issues because they were literally eating their medicine every single day. God created these things perfectly and good. And he knew what we were going to need to process and have our bodies process things to keep us healthy. It's not his will for us to be unhealthy, but we've gotten to that point as societies because we don't eat the way we were supposed to. We weren't created to eat the way that we eat. Okay. Uh, the next verse I want to point out is Hebrews 6, 7 through 8. And it says, For the earth which drinks in the rain that often comes upon it and bears herbs useful for those by whom it is cultivated receives blessing from God. But if it bears thorns and briars, it is rejected and near to being cursed, whose end is to be burned. I love that. It says, And bears herbs useful for those by whom it is cultivated. And that's talking about the earth being cultivated, okay? And so, and these herbs being cultivated. And so I love, love, love that. And so I think it's really important for us to realize that herbs are a blessing from God. Okay, bears herbs useful for those who, by whom it is cultivating receives a blessing 
from God. That's Hebrews 6, 7 through 8. That's such a, I love that scripture. Okay, let's dive into Genesis 9, verse 3. This is where God is blessing Noah and his sons, where he says, be, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth. Um, and verse three says, every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. I have given you all things, even as the green herbs. Isn't that awesome? Um, so he's mentioning, like, I give you food, but I also give you the green herbs, which is just amazing. I love it. Um, and then <clears throat> let's see what else do I have here for you? Um, the final one I have is Matthew 13, 32, and I could pull out more scriptures, but I think you kind of get the point. Matthew 13, 32 says, indeed, which indeed is the least of all the seeds, but when it is grown, it is greater than the herbs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. I want to sit on that one for a second. What Matthew 13, 32 is saying, it's talking about the mustard seed and it talks about having faith like a mustard seed. And so this is something that I've been teaching my kids um, and my, my kids at church school too. Um, you know, for so many years, we have heard that we should have faith as small as a mustard seed, right? A mustard seed is very, very small. But actually in Matthew 13, 32, this is talking about comparing it to a mustard seed, your faith. And so you plant this seed and then it says, but when it is grown, it is greater than the herbs and becomes a tree. So if you ever allowed mustard to grow, it becomes this huge tree, and it says, so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. And so we're comparing faith to planting a seed, watching it grow, cultivating it, right? We're going back to that verse that says, those who cultivate the herbs will be blessed. They will have a blessing. And then seeing it transform into this massive tree, that's what your faith should be like. It's continuously growing and growing and growing and growing. So the Bible does talk about herbs and we could break down, uh, you know, the individual herbs. There's probably, I think I remember doing a study once and there were probably about 45 or so herbs specifically by name mentioned in the Bible. And they all had a purpose, um, whether it was for uh, in the temple or anointing oil or food or whatnot. They all had a specific purpose, which I thought was really interesting. And so herbs are a blessing from the Lord. However, if used improperly, um, they become an issue. And, and this is with anything like um, like trees are, are not evil. They're not bad. But if you cut down a tree and you turn it into a totem pole, then you've created an idol. Do you see what I mean? And so we, we need to look at herbs the same way. Um, so using herbs for medicine is not bad. Using herbs for food is not bad. When we start seeking healing more through herbalism than we do by sitting at the foot of the cross, that that's when herbs become an idol. Um, when we start talking about herbs in um, a more ritual ritualistic form, like burning sage, um, smudge sticks, um, you know, saying things when we're using herbs, um, enhancing herb essences with emotions, and th that's all new age stuff that is not from God. Okay, um, none of that is in the Bible. It is, except it's called divination and witchcraft. And so whenever we start seeing those types of things happening, then we know, okay, this has gone too far. Herbalism is a very fine line. 
even as a Christian herbalist, sometimes I've got to pull myself back because um, there have been times on my herbal journey where I have just been like, I need all the herbal information because um, if I don't know what to do, then I, it's just the end of the world. It's, you know, if I don't know how to fix this and this and this and this, then it's the end of the world. And that's when herbalism can become an idol for you because you're putting all your faith into these plants and not in Jesus if you are a Christian. And so that's a kind of a fine line there. But if you're not doing that and you're just practicing herbalism because, um, you know, like we make elderberry syrup when our kids are sick, we eat herbs, we take herbal tinctures to help with digestion or to help with blood purification or there there's herbs that legit work, right? God created these things and they have purpose. And so why not use them for their purpose? But when we start adding things to herbs, that's when our issues start. Okay, so herbalism in and of itself is not divination. Herbalism in and of itself is not witchcraft. Using herbs, eating herbs, none of that is wrong. But I'm going to give you some examples because one of the things the Lord has been telling me over the last few weeks is you don't know what you don't know. Okay. Um, And so a lot of people, they have really, really good intentions. In fact, in my experience, most people who get into new, who fall, I don't want to say get into, I want to say fall into new age methods. Um, they get there because they have really good intentions of helping people and it's natural. I say that in air quotes, but it, when we start getting into the spiritual side of things, then it's not natural. Okay. Then it's spiritual. So I want to read you uh, an example because the guy that I was referring to, referencing to earlier, he used, um, ayahuasca as a really good example. And so I want to use that as an example here too. So you may have seen like the Joe Rogan podcast episode where he was interviewing a few, he's, I think he's interviewed a few different people now where they've gone on these weekend retreats to see shamans. Okay. Or just spiritists. Um, at these camps, basically. And a lot of these camps will give you ayahuasca. Um, and basically, it is a natural plant, right? It's a plant, but it's a it's a psychedelic plant. And so I have no idea. I'm going to just be completely transparent. I have no idea if this plant is in its most natural form the way it was originally intended to be. I can tell you that um, modern marijuana plants are not what marijuana plants were a couple decades ago. They're just not. They've been hybridized. They've been recreated and recreated. Um, and so they're not what they were originally intended to be. And so when we get into adulterated plants, that's another issue. When we start getting into these man-made hybrid plants, these are also not from God. These are man-made, man-made things that are not good. So I don't know. I, I haven't researched ayahuasca plant um, extensively to see if it's been hybridized, but I do imagine it has been. I really do. So it's a plant-based psychedelic. Um, it affects all of your senses. It alters your thinking. It alters your sense of time and emotions. Um, it can cause you to hallucinate. You can see or hear things. And the internet says that do not exist or are distorted. But I'm going to tell you, um, I truly 100% believe that when people start hallucinating 
on psychedelic drugs, I do believe they're seen into a more spiritual realm. Um, you can't see stuff that doesn't exist because your mind can't make that up. Um, you could be in a daydreaming state, but the human mind can't just make stuff up. The spiritual world, however, looks completely different than our physical realm that we are very, very familiar with. And so this is a really good example of using a psychedelic drug between um, herbalism and natural medicine and new age stuff, okay? Um, so ayahuasca is a decoction. So it's um, that's where you take the plant and you boil it for 20 minutes. Made by prolonged heating of boiling of this vine leaves um, of the pi... Well, I don't even know how to say this, y'all. Psychotria veridis shrub. I don't even know what that is. Um, although there can be a variety of other plants included in the decoction for different traditional purposes. One, the active chemical in ayahuasca is DMT. It also contains mono, monomimine oxidase inhibitors. Um, it's been used for centuries, number two, uh, by First Nation peoples from contemporary per Peru, Brazil, Colombia, and Ecuador get this, for religious, ritual, and therapeutic purposes. And so when you start seeing that, you really need to have your red flag going up so that you know what you're getting into. But I'm going to tell you, anything that's psychedelic, there are no psychedelic plants in the Bible, not mentioned in the Bible. I can tell you that without a doubt, without a doubt. And that's why I often have to wonder if these psychedelic plants really have been hybridized. Now, I can tell you that there are herbs. If you're an herbalist, you know there are poisonous herbs. There are herbs that um, if you take too much of a poisonous herb, it can make you hallucinate. Um, valerian root is one of those herbs. Um, wild lettuce is one of those herbs. There are multiple herbs. There are herbs that can kill you. Um, and so just keep that in mind um, as you study herbalism. But normally, the herbs that the Bible specifically talks about, they aren't these herbs. And this is another example of how we are generations removed from herbalism in our families. The, you know, our families were passing this information down. This was just another food to them. They knew what to forage for. They knew what to touch and what not to touch. And so at any point, you know, have you ever wondered why drunkenness is a sin? It's because you lose all focus, you lose all function of your body, you are no longer in control of yourself, and it's not good for your body. And so we need to start filtering herbalism through that. Does it cause you to lose sight of anything, of reality? Does it cause you to go into an hallucination state? Is it bad for your body? Is it wreaking havoc on your liver? Like there are so many things that you need to think about when it comes to that. So so these people are going to these ayahuasca camps and they're, they're using this um, herb decoction and they're visiting these shamans and they're like having these life-changing experiences okay but that is not at all at all anywhere in the bible what god created herbalism for he created it as just a simple eat it or take it all in your regular everyday life and that's it the more miracle working things 
we're left to Jesus. We're left to the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, things that couldn't be touched. Like when massive diseases, I come more and more into contact with these chronic debilitating diseases. And oftentimes it comes from people who just didn't live a very healthy lifestyle at all. Okay. In other cases, I have literally seen spiritual um, demonic disease in people, like people who have um, multiple personality disorder. I say that in air quotes. Um, and that's not what that is. That is a completely and totally spiritual thing that can only be cured through the power of Jesus. And so I just wanted to put this out there. Like there are fine lines that you can cross in herbalism. Um, you know, there's things like we, where we try to involve new age in herbalism, right? So we are like, Hey, let's go get these crystals or stones and they might have healing powers or like salt lamps or, um, and all of these things, if you really start breaking it down, they all have to do with energy. So, you know, things like energy healing and um, energy information that that you can get either through a machine or um, however you're doing it. Like, like there's different ways. Like there's um, some energy healers, new age people, they use crystals or stones to like ask your subconscious what's wrong with you. Um, essentially, anything that you are getting information from the human body. Remember as a Christian that your flesh is not what is saved. <laughs> um, your soul, your spirit, your you, your spiritual person is what is saved, but your heart and your flesh are deceitful. Okay, Paul said, I have to pound my flesh into submission um, because it wants to do what I don't want to do, right? It wants to go against... Uh, everything that is is good and holy and just. And so when we're asking our flesh um, what's wrong with it, doesn't mean that our flesh is always going to actually say what's wrong with it. Uh, but when we go to the foot of the cross, y'all, I have literally had people... Um, come to me as I'm always, I'm always people's last resort. Always. The herbalist is always the last resort in people's health. Um, but I have literally had people come to me and I have gathered their blood work and I've gathered their paperwork and I've gathered the notes from the previous doctors. And I've just sat and I've just prayed over it and asked the Lord to give me spiritually open eyes to see what is wrong with these, this person. And y'all, and almost every time the Lord has done that, the Holy Spirit has just been able to show me what is wrong with people. Um, and if I ever tarry to one side or the other, there have been moments where I have used my own mind thinking, but okay, but that spiritually doesn't make sense or that, that, you know, that mentally doesn't make sense. Um, and things won't work. But when I go back to what God said, it instantly works. The herbs that I, that I give them, they instantly work. And so whenever we try to mesh the two, it doesn't work. New age practices don't work. You're, you know, and, and then sometimes we do the subconscious thing. Well, how do you know you're even talking to somebody's body anyhow? All right. This is like borderline fortune telling. Anytime, not even with just herbalism, a friend sent me this one day and I sh totally should have written it down. Um, but it was talking about how we, we as humans, we seek knowledge, right? Um, she was specifically talking about like 
um, you know, how we want all the information. Like we want to know all the conspiracy theories. We, we want to know what's true and what's not true. So we can figure these things out. I actually just found the quote here. She sent me, she had sent me a video and then I was like, oh man, that video is awesome. And she pulled a quote from the video and it said, trying to access what God hasn't revealed by other means equals occultic. It equals witchcraft. I'm going to read that again. Trying to access what God hasn't revealed by other means is essential, um, is essentially compared to witchcraft. Okay. Um, and sometimes God hasn't revealed stuff because we haven't asked him. Um, so I know this is going to cause some, some waves, right? This is going to cause some waves in our natural medicine community, mostly because I'm specifically talking to Christians here, okay? Um, those of us who claim to be Christians, who claim to want to include uh, Christ in all of our practices, um, it's really, especially with the way the world's getting every day now. Um, I listened to a sermon the other day, and he was saying how there are more witches than there are Presbyterians now uh, in that specific denomination. I'm not Presbyterian, but... Um, but consider that there are now more witches in America, self-proclaimed, like they're not even hiding it anymore, um, than there are Presbyterian denomination, okay? Um, I can tell you that there are witches that sit in the Sunday morning services at lots of different churches. Um, you probably know somebody who's a witch, um, you, you, and you wouldn't even know it if you're a Christian, um, unless you've gotten like really involved in their life or you've Holy Spirit has said to you like, Hey, there's something off here. You probably wouldn't even know it. Um, I do remember uh, a couple years ago, I, I, this is not something I actively go out and find. Like I don't go find people that are witches, but, um, somebody, I, I had gone with somebody to a farm and met this older lady, and I'd never met this lady before in my life, um, but she came up to me. Um, her back was towards me. Actually, I was going up to her, and when she turned around, I loudly heard the Holy Spirit say, she's a witch. She practices witchcraft, and I just kind of stood there, and everything this woman was saying to me, like it was normal, um, but then she started talking to me about herbalism, and she started talking to me uh, about like certain hallucinogenic herbs and, and various different things. And then I realized, oh, wow, like you're, she's confirming this, what the Holy Spirit just said to me. And so, I, you know, there are things that, that the Lord shows us so we can warn people that might be in their path to just stay away. Um, but also to, to bring them back into the will of God, if they claim to be Christians, um, that we can kind of say, Hey, you're not living. You've crossed the line. Let's come back, come back this way. Um, we do not have to dive into some really crazy herbalism, new age stuff in order to accomplish healing. All right. So some people are going to ask me, okay, well, new age stuff does heal. Uh, you can go down the list of all these examples, right? Oh, it does heal. It did work. It worked for me. So I know it's real. Ugh. Okay. So I'm going to give you just this blanket statement. All right. The Bible says that it calls witchcraft and divination evil. We should not practice it. We should not have anything to do with it. It doesn't call it evil because it is um, wrong, like wrong in the sense that it's not telling the truth. In fact, 
a lot of things, um, yeah, a lot of people can be healed and a lot of people can be told the truth in the future and, and various things through divination and witchcraft. So the Bible doesn't condemn it because uh, it's not truthful. It it condemns it because it's wrong, because it's wrong in the sense that it doesn't glorify God and it's not from God. None of it is from God. It's all from the darkest realm in the whole universe. Okay. And so the Bible, you know, I think of um, Balak and Balaam, you know, he went to uh, prophesy against the Israelites um, through divination. The Bible says through divination. Um, and so what he was going to prophesy, the Lord shut his mouth and said, don't you dare, don't you dare do that. Um, and so he knew better because it was a, it was an evil prophetic thing that was going to happen, not godly. And so he, the Lord said, don't you dare. Um, and so he didn't. And he told the, the king at the time, he said, no, I'm not, I'm not doing this. And so I always find that story interesting because um, I think it was Balaam who was the divination guy, um, who, who said, he told the king, he's like, I can't do this because God said no. Um, and so I always find that really interesting that he was kind of in two, he had a, one foot in both worlds. Um, and he knew who the Lord was and he still practiced divination. And so just kind of, I feel like I really needed to talk to this. Like a lot of people are trying to, to downgrade herbalism. They're trying to blanket statement that all herbalism is wrong and herbalism is horrible and herbalism is evil. That is not even remotely true, y'all. Like, no, 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 no. That's not true. But on the other side, a lot of us, a lot of Christians especially, we have fallen into these very small traps with good intentions. I think the the quote is all um all roads to hell are paved in good intentions. That's not a lie. Um we let our emotions and our physical man take over and lead us instead of actually knowing what the word of God says, actually seeking the Holy Spirit and saying, mm, where do we fall here? What is this? Can this turn into something really bad? Um, and so I feel like this is um, a call back to true herbalism, biblical herbalism. You guys will notice, you guys ask me this all the time. Why do you have biblical herbalism in, in your social media profile and all of that? This is why. This is why. We have to get back to biblical herbalism and biblical normal everyday average healing that the Lord provided for us. That was a blessing for us. And we have to snatch from the fire the believers who have fallen into these new age things like, oh, I can do a smudge stick because sage is wonderful for cleansing the air. Okay, well, so are a lot of other herbs that you could use um, and or just in general, like you don't have to clear the air. Just use a house plant, you know, um, there there's things like crystals in your house and rocks in your house and um uh, you know, we had, we had somebody want to create these 
witchcraft herbal first aid, aid kits where like there were little vials of herbs that had been spoken over to have more power. No, no, no. No, y'all run away from it. It's not biblical. It's not true. It's not for the body of Christ. Don't do it. Don't even consider it and just get out of the way. Um, rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Don't let it in your house. Don't let it in your family and just go on about your business as usual, the way that the Lord intended herbs to be used. Okay. So I'm just throwing that out there. I thought this would be a really good post just to kind of debunk this guy who was saying, um, you know, oh, we accept pharmaceuticals as miracles, but herbs are sorcery. Herbs are not sorcery at all. Herbs have no power, period, other than the actions that the Lord gave herbs to work on your body. Um, And that is just in a physical sense. Herbs have no spiritual power at all. It is not until the person behind them uses them and promotes them for such things. And then they have power to put bad stuff out there. Um, and so just ride that, ride that line, uh, make sure you're on the right line, uh, and on the right side of the line and, um, know that it's really not complicated. And if you find yourself being burdened by herbalism, like, oh my gosh, I have to know all the things. Um, stop, stop and remind yourself if you're a Christian, especially you don't have to know all the things the Lord will bring to your remembrance, things that you learned if you ever need them. Um, and he will guide you in all things. Um, but also remember we have power in the Holy spirit. We have power in Jesus to also, uh, heal the sick, raise the dead. And so that's really important. I think as times continue to get crazy, Those are things we really, really need to understand uh, and truly have faith like that mustard seed um, to, to allow God to work through us in every way. So, all right, guys, I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. I hope it was easy to understand. I hope I made myself very clear. I feel like I did because I have this conversation all the time um, and people are just really curious, like, What's the difference? And so hopefully I gave you enough examples to show you what the difference is. And hopefully you guys don't take offense to it. If you do and you got convicted, that's not me. That's God. Um, But hopefully it made sense to you and um, maybe helped you out a little bit to see herbs are awesome. Herbs are a blessing from God. Um, It is when we start teetering that spiritual line with all of these things that, um, and getting into energetics, uh, and energy and things like that, um, that are not godly and not biblical. So until next time, guys, thanks for listening and don't forget to choose simple.